Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, it's Caroline Stephen. Welcome to Talking Trading. How many traders do you know have had personal advice from Warren Buffett in investing in the markets? Our guest today is one of the very fortunate who's crossed paths with the Buffett himself. But his story doesn't start there. Terry Tran's family were the original boat people fleeing the war in Vietnam. When Terry's mother arrived in Australia, She spoke no English and put her son through school by working two jobs. Although Terry lived in Cabramatta, which was the heart of gangland territory, Terry studied hard, went to university and sought the financial markets. He was driven by the desire for freedom and the quality of life that trading can provide. And in today's interview, we hear part one of the incredible story of Terry Tran, and how he worked his way from a refugee to a freedom trader. But first up, we hear from Louise Bedford in Mind Power on investing in yourself and investing in your future. I remember one time after one of my future mentorees asked me for the fee for the mentor program. After I answered, they said, oh my God, I could buy a car for that amount. But let's face it, if you wanted a car, you would have bought a car. I'll tell you one thing for sure is that once you drive that car off the lot, the value depreciates. However, when you invest in yourself, your value exponentially increases again and again and again. If you feel that you've been misunderstood and you are not around people who are cheerleading your success, or maybe you've just never had the opportunity to explore the type of trading that can dovetail into your life, maybe it's time you did something different. The mentor program is exquisitely impactful. Give yourself permission. Often, We don't have a problem spending money on others, on our children. They need a car, they need clothes, they need college education. But sometimes we have trouble allowing ourselves to invest in ourselves. We hesitate. Even making the decision to investigate the mentor program will let you realise that you're valuing yourself and your future and it takes your thinking to another level. If it's calling you forward, you must take action. I do want you to be aware that it is a significant level of investment to get involved with the mentor program, but 
So you'd expect for the number one trading mentor program in the world. We've been running this since the year 2000 and it is a repeat for free course. So not only once you learn how to trade effectively will you be doing this once, you'll actually be doing it time and time again throughout the years going into the future, surrounded by people who care for you, surrounded by trading buddies who are in those trenches with you because we do hunt as a pack. So really, by now, if you've been following anything to do with the way that we've been helping traders change their lives, you'll know that we are going to provide free resources into people registered for priority notification for the mentor program. So that is your next step. Registration for the priority notification group is free. And now's your chance. We've already started giving away some very special videos and free resources to the people already registered. So go to tradinggame.com.au forward slash priority to get registered. That website again, tradinggame.com.au slash priority. I need you to register now. We are at a critical time, a critical juncture. Now is the time that you need to trade effectively and to get those resources under your belt. I want you to revel in your trader's life. So register for priority notification right now. Hi, I'm Janine Alice, founder of Boost Juice Bars and Shark on Shark Tank, and I listen to Talking Trading. Terry Tran, hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Hello. Terry, where are you from and how did you stumble into trading the financial markets? I'm originally from, I was born in Vietnam, so that's my motherland. Uh, I came here because of the Vietnam War. So way back we were the original boat people, so we basically came by a wooden tug, <laughs> which a lot of people don't know because my English is quite good because I was here when I was two. So I learned English from all the Aussies, so to speak. So we escaped communism in Vietnam back in the late 70s. And surprisingly, we, didn't, we actually didn't make it because we were out three days out at sea and our boat was taking on water and we were sinking. So eventually what ended up happening was, thankfully, a cargo ship uh, saw our distress call and they dropped by to pick us up because our, our boat was actually sinking. And uh, they took us in as human cargo, so to speak. And we were then, therefore, um, transported to a nearby refugee camp off the coast of Malaysia, off an island. And that's where a lot of boats which didn't make it ended up being there. And it was like a, um, the modern-day Christmas island, so to speak. Uh, and we were basically waiting for any country to literally take us in. Australia was one of them, uh, the United States, as well as Canada. And thankfully, Australia did end up being the country that took us in or accepted us. But unfortunately, though, although we made it to land, though, um, something else happened because the good news or the bad news actually didn't stop there because we were in makeshift um, tents or shelters, so to speak. One evening while we were sleeping, a, uh, a big storm hit and uh, a tree literally came down on our tent while we were sleeping and it, it, it uh, took out my father. So he, he passed away next to my mum and at that time she was 22. So literally it was a, she became a, literally a, a widow at the age of 22, towing around a two-year-old, which was me, 
um, along with uh, you know, a couple of um, her teenage brothers, which were my uncles. It was quite bad because we had literally nothing but the clothing that we had on. So the leader of the family, my father, is no longer there. Uh, but a silver lining did occur because a very kind-hearted gentleman, which we didn't know from a bar of soap, he did see my mum's situation. And he offered to actually arrange and pay for my father's funeral. So without this kind-hearted gentleman, uh, my father would actually be buried in a cardboard box uh, on this island. And I think it's very, uh, it was interesting because even at, at a young age, people say, you know, can you remember? But I think I remember because it was traumatic. And I saw firsthand what wealth at that time, what wealth and money actually can do. It allowed someone which didn't know us to be basically very generous to be able to do that. Um, and my mindset you know, in terms of you know, the word wealth came from that. And that's where I started to develop that wealth mindset, even from a very young age. So, of course, when we arrived in Australia, my mum, without a word of English, started to um, look for a job um, at a, uh, one of those immigration centres. And I saw her also firsthand doing two jobs, factory work, making metal caps in the day, learning English in the middle, and then washing dishes at an Indian restaurant at night. And again, that sort of solidified how wealth and money can actually give you a better life. And um, I think from that early young childhood, from those two main events, it's who I became eventually. And so I, I listened to her, as any child would, uh, in that type of, type of circumstance. Uh, so, you know, studied hard, get a job, go to university, get a job when you graduate, So, which is what I did. And, and eventually I did land a job um, or I graduate one of the accelerated programs in the, uh, the National Australia Bank. I literally did go up very quickly up the ranks over a number of years from private banking to business banking, managing multiple branches, um, even financial planning as well. Uh, but only the problem is, though, um, I think I lost my way because doing that 60, 70 hour and sometimes even 80 hour work weeks, um, it was killing my health um, because I wanted the promotions. That's the problem. So from that instance, one afternoon, something happened because back in um, at one of the branches in Randwick when I was upstairs, I literally blacked out and I rolled down flights of stairs, two flights of stairs, and I severely actually hurt myself on the way down. And when I woke up, I was literally just drenched in blood uh, from the injuries I had. And it was that point that everything just changed. I knew that I can't go back to that corporate lifestyle. It was, it was actually killing me. And I think that's where I stumbled onto the financial markets because um, sitting in the hospital all alone, uh, in a way feeling sorry for, my, sorry for myself, but then seeing that, you know, I, I in a way lost the plot as well, but just focusing on the money, but not looking after the health. And I thought, you know, there was something that I wanted to always do, which was you know, try out or in, I did actually already start investing in the financial markets, but not actually trading it and becoming more active. So that made up the decision. So I basically, you know, checked with my wife if we were okay and financially we were okay. So I took time out, studied all I can um, and started the financial markets. And that's how I stumbled upon it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to you. Um, Where did you go to high school? In high school, I went to Cabramatta. So that so you was grew up in Cabramatta, which is the heart of yeah, the heart of um, Asian community, and yeah. also the heart of uh, gangland. Yes. when I was growing up, uh, heart of uh, at that time heroin as well. Uh, yep. Where one thing that stopped me from ensuring that I never got to that stage was because I always remembered, of course, my mum, how we got here, and I never wanted to waste a life. So that ended up uh, a lot of my friends, the people that associate around me. A lot of them uh, overdosed, passed away. Some of them are at Long Bay Jail still to this day still. from uh, dealing with heroin. And I was able to sidestep that because of my mum, the message, as well as 
uh, making sure that I make a good life for not just myself, but making sure I look after it. So that has always been inside me to make sure I never get, get go to that stage. Were you yeah. attacked, gang bashed, anything like that in government? No, uh, I stayed out of trouble as much as I could. I did know a lot of the so-called gang members. I was just basically, they, they're human as well. So as long as you don't encroach on, you know, doing the wrong thing by them, they, they do leave you alone. You just you know, hi, bye to them. You know they are part of it. You just don't get associated with them. But you never, you just smile with them and you don't. I was never discriminative against them. I mean, they chose their path. I've got my path. And by staying out of that, um, I was actually quite well treated by everyone. Did you get good grades at high school? Uh, with, in high school? Yes, I did. I actually did. Um, so everything I did, I tried to strive for the, in terms of the mark-wise, getting the highest marks and getting to that university and finally getting a job and getting paid to therefore look after my mum. Circumstances. Once you got into the markets, how old were you? Uh, once I got into the markets, I was uh, 19. My, my first foray into the markets was 19. What was your experience once you were in the markets? Despite what people think bad, I struggled for a whole two years. Um, I went to the uh, a lot of different seminars, but I, I, I classify them as get-rich-quick touch seminars where I believed in what they said, uh, the fantasies that, that I was fed. In terms of, you know, you can trade 10 minutes a day and you can make a living or you can be a multimillionaire. And I believed all that. I started, but I ended up blowing up three accounts on my first foray. Two years wasted, plus 100 grand on the losses. But not that's not even including 50 grand worth of um, fees, course fees. After about two years, I realized I was learning, I think, from the wrong people. People who sort of taught for a living rather than actually doing for a living. And that sort of, it clicked. And it was really until that I suffered those losses that it didn't click until then. Um, and then I began to now search for people, uh, basically the, the, the fund managers out there and um, learning from people who ended up doing for a living rather than teaching for a living um, and just taking out for coffees, lunches if I could and just talking to them and everything just changed from that point onwards. At this stage in your life, after being a boat person, the yeah. hunger to do well in the markets, was it prevalent every day? Is that what propelled you, the comparison of what your life could have been to what it was? Uh, yeah, the, the hunger for that wealth and, you know, looking after the family, especially my mum, was always there. And, and that's hence why I worked so hard to, to get that. The NAB actually did provide me that foundation of, you know, hard work does pay off. Um, and then what I did want to do, though, is, you know, look for another path which I could no, not have to go back to that 60, 70 consistent hour work week. And um, I, I basically had the money on the wealth side. It was coming in through salary, high salary, but I never had the freedom. And I realized that and I knew things actually had to change. And that, yeah, that was the hunger from that. And the financial markets, I saw the movie, that's it. I saw the movie Wall Street <laughs> and from Charlie Sheen and you know, Michael Douglas. And it's like, this is exciting. Being on the trading floor, one day maybe I want to be on the trading floor doing all these, you know, the hand signals. And it's just an exciting way, yeah. But then, and then I ended up um, at university. I remember visiting the, uh, the Sydney Futures Exchange. At that time, it was still open. And I said, this is what I want to do. Okay, so you're young, you're in your 20s, you're searching for, mm. for real answers in the markets. How on God's green earth yeah. did Warren Buffett become a part of your trading journey? Yeah, Warren Buffett, I, I read, I spent the first, after the, all the frustrations, I spent time um, basically sitting at Manly Beach reading all about every book that was about Buffett. But of course, at that time, no book was really an autobiography from him, from the great man himself. And I thought, okay. I'll read his, at least his Berkshire Hathaway um, annual reports and go through them one by one. There was a lot of them. 
And then just comparing the 1950s when he did the uh, the partnership letters versus today, obviously time changed and he himself evolved into what he has become, you know, the greatest investor on the planet. And I thought, okay, what better way than to just write to him and firstly to thank him uh, for the inspiration he gave me. Surprisingly, within two weeks, a letter came back from Omaha, Nebraska. I thought, oh, this might be from Buffett. And I ripped it open and it actually was from Buffett. And, I, and the, the, first, the, the thing that actually got me filtered out, out of the system because um, Debbie, uh, the PA, one thing that got me filtered out was because no one at that time has, had, did ever write, write to him from all the way from down under. I was the first. And also, uh, I, never, I didn't ask him for money because all the letters that he receives is from charity. <laughs> People ask him for money um, and ask him for stock tips. And my entire, th- I think it was a three-page handwritten letter. He never used the computer, so I didn't actually want to type one up. So I did. So I actually took the time to handwrite the letter, and uh, he saw that, and then obviously uh, responded back to me. And uh, there began, I guess, a journey association with the great man himself. Tell us about that journey. Actually, I, I learned a couple of things from him. The first one was the lesson of uh, life humility. No, no matter where you are, you treat people the same. No matter how high you get up, you know, being you, uh, being human as well, and also having a, you know, living a simple life. No matter what wealth you create. Mm. And then that, that really dawned on me. And hearing it from now, from not just from books and you know, from, the great, from, from him himself, as well as learning also from him uh, how to not see stocks as stock codes or stock charts, which is my method or my madness when I struggled. Because I, I saw everything as stock charts. And then once I, I got that lesson where he said, you know, see them as real businesses that actually produce the products, the services that we use. And if we go to, for example, a Woolworths or a Coles or any supermarket, even Walmart in the United States, it is the products that ultimately the, the profits for the businesses, and they are real businesses. So when you buy a stock now, you see them as part ownership of a business. And would you own the whole, the whole business uh, if you had the money? And if you wouldn't own the whole business, then perhaps don't be part of that business. So that was one of the, the main lessons, and that really just shifted me from a normal sort of investor to now a value investor and looking seeking out value so how uh, much did you have to do with warren buffett i i say i say warren buffett only because of course he's well known but a lot of times a lot of my lessons also came from other fund managers as well so the warren buffett side was you know the letter wrote re- writing back to me you know a couple of the phone calls i was very lucky on that um and the, a lot of the lessons also came from many other fund managers, even in our country as well. So I got to thank them as well from my journey. That's nice. And they're summed up in the three lessons you just talked about. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think the other part is, uh, you know, value is what, uh, you know, the, uh, the price is what you pay, value is what you get. The, the analogy I like to, to tell people is, you know, imagine all we are doing as either an investor, even a trader, is we are looking for a, a well-engineered, you know, BMW and Mercedes-Benz type stock. But what we want to do, if we want to do the job right, is to, to pay for it uh, as a Toyota. So we can find a Toyota price for a BMW or Mercedes-Benz. The chance of you going wrong is very low. It reduces your risk significantly. And I think what most people do is they find a potentially a uh, what I call a Hyundai-type stock, and they pay a Ferrari price for it. And if you do that, enough times, that's how it will send you to the, to the broke house, basically. Let's yeah. talk about the biggest contributing factor towards your trading and investing success. I think I, I well, going back to Buffett, I think this is where he taught me the, the lesson of emotional temperament, being able to be emotionally detached from the market, 
seeing things as they are, and therefore when you see the panic and euphoria in the market, being able to sidestep that and not be part of that. When I also, another thing is, you know, just being having that emotion temper allows you to be calm and rational at all times. So when, say, a GFC, um, hopefully another one doesn't come too soon, but say <laughs> the GFC, it was actually a time of bargains and seeing great companies like the Microsofts, the Googles, the Apples, they were just sold at ridiculous valuations that it just made you, as a value investor, you would literally salivate when you see those opportunities rather than panic. Uh, so when you have that emotional temperament, it does set the foundation for successful investing and even trading as well. Um, the other thing too is uh, I'd probably say developing a, um, I guess, an investment system and also even trading system that suits you and your personality because it's so important because if it's if for example trading is not you maybe don't do it investing you can do as just as well i mean just look at buffett himself so there's great investors there's also great traders determine who you who i guess you are before you get into the game what are you me i'm actually both i i I started as a foundation my foundation was actually after after the the bad the bad um, experiences from trading through charts themselves I ended up going through the Buffett value way, value investing approach, and that was the foundation of everything. So I started there you know, the right way. And then from there, I began to tack on board the trading side. So investing is always inside me. So therefore, even if I'm going for a trade, I utilize fundamental analysis to make sure the company is actually safe to trade on the long side. The Buffett way. Yeah, the Buffett is actually always part of me. And stay tuned for part two of Terry Tran's interview next week. I'm Caroline Stephen. Have a good week in the markets. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.